What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Before we begin today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land. So guys, this is the last episode of Grow Your Brand for the year. (sighs) I can't believe it. This show is nearly one year old. I hope you've got something lovely planned for New Year's if you are listening to this as of like when I'm recording it. Uh, But I imagine a lot of people will be probably listening to this in 2021, at the beginning of 2021. So how is it, guys? Is it better on the other side? I hope so. Uh, It's been a bit weird here in uh, Wollongong and in Sydney and in New South Wales, I think, in general. And um, I think we were a bit blindsided. I think we kind of maybe everyone started getting a little bit complacent, uh, myself included, and kind of just thought, oh, like it's fine, like COVID seems to have largely disappeared, but no, it's still there and uh, it's going to be here until until we get a vaccine. Like, I mean, it's going to just keep coming up. So my job is to help you on the business side, on the brand side, and also more and more on the sort of like backing yourself side, the self-esteem side, the the. I want to inspire you to be the person that you truly are in your business, in your life, as an entrepreneur, as a thought leader, as someone who wants to make a difference in the world or is making a difference in the world. And that's why I don't talk about COVID too much on the show other than to be like, this is what's happening because, you know, this is happening right now. Uh, I think that one thing though that I would say is that I think we need to be really, really careful about jumping into the old way we used to do things, especially when it comes to things like work and how we work with other people. Like for me, one of the big silver linings of 2020 was seeing greater inclusion and diversity because suddenly we didn't have to work the way we'd always worked before. So being able to have people who are neurodiverse maybe work in an environment that they'd prefer to work in, like at home rather than coming into the office or having people who are physically not able to really get around easily, they now can work from home and that's kind of normal. That's the new normal. Uh, The other thing that has been wonderful about the whole remote work situation and something that I was an advocate for way before uh, COVID is that it's better for our environment. Like this, this commuting back and forth every day just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like (laughs) it doesn't make a lot of sense. We've got climate change. We've got, we're running out of fossil fuels. Like it just doesn't make sense to be like, especially, I mean, in Sydney, it's like, you know, or people from Wollongong also commute into Sydney. That's a lot of petrol that's a lot of time as well. Uh, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. 
So I, I really hope for people listening to this who are thinking about how to do 2021 and are looking forward to the vaccine and kind of thinking, yes, we can get back sort of quote unquote back to normal. Um, I'd really encourage you to think about how you can use everything that you've learned to make a difference. One thing that I sort of, uh, an exercise I did um, recently was just looking at sort of like my year in review. So like what went well this year, this comes from Atomic Habits and I talked about this a bit on the show last week as well. It's like my new favourite book. But in it he talks about sort of doing this annual review and you can actually go and look this up on his website as well. So if you could just go to jamesclear.com forward slash annual dash review, you can see the annual reviews that he's done. Um, And I had a look at that and I was like, this is such a great idea. I'm going to do this. And I'd really encourage you, whether you're listening to this at the end of December or you're listening to this at the beginning of January, this year of all years is such an important one for us as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as people who want to launch a business or people who are maybe running multiple businesses, right? Like we have a responsibility and a duty of care to our environment, to our employees, to the world. You know, that that is that is part of the work that we do. And it's really important that we think about what did I learn from this year in my life, in my business, and how can I so what went well? What didn't go so well? You know, there's lots of things that didn't go so well, of course, this year especially. And what am I working towards? So what am I going to be? Not not so much goal setting, just like in, in general, what are the habits that I'm trying to build to make my business, my life, my community, the people that I'm involved in? the place that I live. How do I make this better? What am I, what am I building towards? All right. So you're probably wondering what's the interview about today? Who am I speaking to? What are we chatting about? Well, you saw the the title, so maybe that got you kind of interested, but I'm speaking with the MD of the award-winning agency because uh, her name is Meredith Kramer, amazing woman, amazing leader. We actually do talk about leadership in this show, it goes in sort of lots of directions because Meredith as a business owner, well, you know, we talk about that and her journey in terms of being a business owner and creating a culture that, you know, allows her employees to really shine and want to advocate for the brand. Um, but also Meredith is a marketer and a brand expert. So we also talk about, you know, how culture relates to branding and brand growth and and what that looks like as well. So Super interesting show. We did record this a while ago. We recorded this back in July. Um, and this sometimes happens with uh, episodes is I just have so many that um, – and I try to find a good time to kind of fit them in as well based on like what's being discussed and everything. And uh, so this felt like a really good time to share this because I feel like during this time – where, you know, we're kind of at the end of the year or starting the new year, depending on when you listen to this, uh, we're often thinking about that kind of, that thing I was just saying, right? Like, what can I, what am I working towards? What can I do better? And I felt like this episode was a really special one because that's kind of what we talk about. It's a bit more bigger picture. It's a bit more higher level. It's not uh, so much about the tactics. Like we'll talk about challenges and problems and, and what to do about them, but it's less like, you know, some shows I do are kind of like how to get more clients. You know, it's it's not like that. It's it's a little bit more um, vision-driven, strategy-driven. So I think this is a really good time to release this episode. And 
even though it was back in July, where we're at in terms of the remote work stuff and all of that, the conversation feels like it could have happened a week ago. So um, I don't feel like it's dated that much based on on that period of time. Uh, check Meredith out. Uh, her, her LinkedIn profile will be in the show notes along with the website for because um, highly recommend having a look and connecting with Meredith. She's also just a lovely networker and so, so kind and generous. So um, I really, really enjoy getting to know Meredith a little bit better. Uh, just before we get on to the main part of this show, there might be a little ad break and I will be back in a tick. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. To start with Meredith, can I just get you to explain a little bit about you, your story, and uh, what you're up to at the moment? Cool. So yeah, I'm the co-founder and MD of Because. We have offices across the world. We're an independent owner-operated agency. So we specialize in the creation of um, experiences which blend virtual, live technology. We'll often have a live sort of face-to-face component of it. Um, I'm a Kiwi living in Sydney with an English husband and two Australian children. Um, so when we when we go to passport control, which isn't so often, um, we, we're, we're pretty much the Commonwealth. Um, I worked for the London agency for five years before moving to Sydney in 2011 and doing a joint um, venture startup. And we count the company of people like Woolworths, Amazon, Kimberly Clark, Dyson, um, a whole range of clients, Sydney Water. We don't specialize in any one sector because we've, we've worked across them all. And, and it's all about just creating those meaningful connections because um, increasingly we live in a digital world and we need to make sure that those connections are, are real. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's kind of ties into what we're talking about today, right? And just want to say quickly hello to Darren Varifa. Thanks for your comment. He said, that's cool. I'm reading a book on brand evangelists at the moment. So awesome. And hello, <laughs> Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, I'm going to have to get you on a LinkedIn Live at some point, by the way. I think we could have a really good chat. And hello, Nielsen, as well from um, Brazil. It's uh, it's morning time here in Australia. We're just <laughs> getting ready to start the day. So Let's start by talking a little bit more about, maybe let's start really simple. Like, what are we talking about when we talk about brand growth? Because I think this gets mixed in with branding and that's where we can start to lose the tie between culture and brand. So can you just sort of pull us back to, at the end of the day, what are we talking about when we talk about brand growth? Well, you can maybe tell me. (laughs) Well, I think ultimately, you know, a strong brand is a healthy brand and one that has, you know, a reputation, which, you know, there's obviously, you know, that there's some sort of awareness around it and it's sort of what values are associated with it. And I think when we talk about brand equity, that sort of, you know, fits within that. Um, Ultimately, you know, a strong, healthy brand will help your bottom line grow because, you know, people will be attracted to work at your company. Clients will, you know, see that you stand for something and want to work with you if your brand is strong. So I think that brand brand growth can cover lots of different things, but ultimately a strong brand, um, you know, whether you're a startup or established one, you know, a brand has a set of values around it and, you know, the personality and tone, whether you think it or not kind of thing, it's not just going to Fiverr and, you know, getting a logo sort of store uh, sort of started, you know, it starts with your brand and to, to grow that brand, you know, everything else will, will follow from there. 
So when we start looking at the different ways that we can do this, and I think mm-hmm. especially now in the last few months, we've seen this real shift in the way that we talk about brand and the way we talk about company culture, like so many of us are working from home. What do you think is what do you think is more important in terms of, I guess, being an ambassador for the brand, right? So like you've got your um, executives who can talk about the brand, you've got yeah. your your staff, um, you've got a lot of people on LinkedIn at the moment. What does brand ambassadorship kind of look like and how do employees play into that? Oh, I think that there's heaps there that you can cover. I think, you know, a strong, I think employees who understand and have been recruited, you know, like to marry up with the values. So their personal values is an overlap between their personal values and the company's personal values. First of all, you're going to have a more connected workforce to start with, you know, and and in saying that, you know, we do need diversity of thought, but I think those values are sort of really, really sort of important. But I think, you know, ultimately a connect to you know when we connect people to a company and to each other and through your culture and for me culture isn't um isn't the ping pong table it's you know and i think that you know the transition from the face to face to how does your um experience of your culture move from sort of real world to virtual as a real acid test of is there something with more depth to it there so i think in terms of your employee engagement and advocacy and things like that you know if your employees love working at your company um, and you start tapping into that resource of them, you know, they can help you with your brand reputation. They can make you show that, you know, sort of show show people rather than tell people what it's like to work with, you, with, with your company. And that could be both from an employee experience perspective, but also from clients they say okay you know so I think you know when you spoke about um you know the top sort of people being able to talk about the brand I think that everybody needs to be able to talk to you know it's you know and and I encourage my employees you know to blog and they you know often it's very different you know they say oh it's you know it's really hard I'm like well let's start about something that you're really passionate about so you know one of my team just this morning has had a blog come out around you know fitness trends post you know sort of COVID things like that what because she's passionate about fitness so for me it's about tapping into people's personal passions um, aligning them with what the company, you know, company proposition is, the company brand is, and really growing out from there. Because I think that then um, it's an inclusive culture. You know, people have got, you know, a part in it. And ultimately, I think that that employee advocacy doesn't just benefit the company. It also benefits them personally as well. And I think that that's, you know, massive because, you know, you – Obviously, you want to say that employees are going to stay with you forever, but really, that's just not true. And I, you know, try to this, you know, probably 10 years ago, I wasn't this person. But now I just kind of think that, you know, if we can help people in their sort of journey and life and their career and help them pursue what's important to them, that we all sort of win. And that that becomes a great brand experience that they have with your company. So I think that tapping into those sort of things, aligning them with company, what the company values are and culture and actually what you stand for, um, it's a win for everyone. I love that you brought up this point where I actually hadn't thought of this, you know, before our chat. And I think it's it's really, really important to kind of uh, highlight this is that it's 
two ways, right? Because I think a lot of the time we talk about brand and employment employee engagement is in like get your employees engaged so they want to talk about you on LinkedIn or they want to blog mm. about you and that kind of thing. Or we don't talk about it the other way where it's like actually this can be used as a tool to mm. re-engage your employees and make them feel like I'm proud to be a part of this community my or yeah. my workplace. I just think that's so, so important. And, you know, I think also, Meredith, you know, to me and seeing how other people operate in this space, I feel like you're very forward thinking with this because mm. you're actually actively going to your employees and saying, okay, like, what do you want to write about? What are your passion points? But do you see brands that also hold back from that in terms of not even really wanting their employees to have a personal brand or am I being too cynical? Um, maybe, but I think there are probably people just who just don't get the point of it. To, you know, that I think it's a very close-minded point of view. And this may be large, this, I don't think that this is a large company, small company kind of thing, but I think that, you know, there's probably a lack of understanding there. I, I think there might be, I mean, I just think that what's to lose, but I think that, you know, is there a can't be bothered factor? Is there a, they're worried about, you know, I don't know. I think there's just a real lack of understanding around that if people are, you know, around what the benefits could be, because the way I see it, there's more benefits than negatives really on harnessing your, your employees to talk, you know, authentically to themselves for something that links towards your company. You know, there's a, if you don't feel comfortable, if you feel uncomfortable about that, you know, You've got you've you've got a you've got a culture and an employee advocacy and engagement problem. Mm, I'd say yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like I think unfortunately I don't know from from what I've seen I think it's a little bit more widespread and mm. I hope I hope that's not true. You know, Probably. but <laughs> but like you know you said like there there are you know challenges to being able to um engage people so can we talk about some of those challenges and talk about some of the ways that we can overcome that so um when it comes to actually encouraging staff and empowering staff to talk about something they're passionate about like have you had pushback or uh, what do you kind I of think from them I think it starts from um, your like leadership. It comes from the top kind of thing in terms of actually making sure that you're um, as leaders, you're showing up and not being faceless kind of thing as well. That you're you know presenting you know as much of your whole self as possible in terms of and I think it's like mirroring that people will mirror your. It's a you know often things that happen in your company are a direct you know relationship between the, what's going on with yourself kind of thing. So I think that. Um, I think creating a, a culture and environment where people are able to share, you know, who they are and what they're interested in and things like that. And I think that, you know, we try to exercise as much um, transparency as possible. So, you know, I think that with the sort of switch between, you know, real world to virtual and things like that, I think just making sure that, you know, the, the way that we communicate um the frequency and the ways that we do it, you know, making sure that we do create for it. Because I think what I've noticed is that um, with moving more virtual, we have a huddle every day and, we you know, we do our weekly what's in that, but you do miss that kind of corridor sort of conversation. So it's trying to make sure that we do facilitate, you know, ways in which we can have um, create that open feedback, like those opportunities to get sort of open feedback and dialogue and to get to know people a little bit more. So I think that, you know, it's about being human to start with and showing an interest in people. And if you genuinely care about someone and you genuinely listen, um, 
you know, people should, people are receptive to that. You know, I always say that, you know, and you agree with me, everybody's own favorite subject is themselves. hundred percent, hundred percent. And if you listen with, you know, listen to, you know, and, and, and show that you are actually interested in that person, you know, whatever, wherever you are and that, you know, whether you're in a big organization, you know, you look to your leaders, if your leader shows that you're genuinely like, you know, taking an interest in what people do at the weekend kind of thing and, you know, referencing that back in a chat genuinely kind of thing to them, it just shows that you're building trust between people, trust that, that, that they can share themselves. Mm. You mentioned before, um, brand values and sort of the values of of the company and I think to bring it back to sort of like um you know the 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 sort of basics or strip it back down to sort of like this relationship between brand values and culture and who you hire and etc etc I feel like it's it's kind of hard to talk about because it can at times seem a bit nebulous, you know, like what is company culture and how do you know if someone's values align? And then, so can you sort of give us a little bit of a, I guess, an overview of how do these, how do these different things relate to one another? So if you've got culture on one side and you're sort of trying to have a positive culture with open communication and people engaged at work, and then you've got your, you're trying to also at the other, on the other side, build your brand, get customers to. All right, guys. So we'll get back to the main part of the show in just a second. Um, But this is just a quick reminder that this show is made possible by you, the listener. So over the past year, I have self-funded quite a lot of this podcast. Um, I lose money essentially making this podcast at the moment. Uh, but thankfully people have started to support the show and to start helping me actually make this show possible and produce it. Uh, it's not a lot of money. Like I don't ask for a stack of money. It's For the price of a cup of coffee once a month, essentially, you can help me. You can sort of like be a co-creator with me. You're the person who makes this show possible. Over the past uh, few months, I've been sharing three episodes a week. In 2021, we'll be moving to a bit of a different rhythm. So it will be a weekly podcast. I will release that podcast on Tuesday mornings and you will have access to four episodes every month. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good deal for the price of a cup of coffee once a month, four episodes. If you'd like to be a part of that, if you'd like to help me, really simple, just head over to Kofi. So it's ko-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And then on that, when you go to donate, you can essentially tick a box that just says, yes, I'd like to make this a monthly thing. And that is super helpful uh, if you can do that. Uh, shout out to Helene Sarakis, who is doing that for me. She's actually um, become a regular sort of supporter of the show. And I really, really appreciate it, Helene. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so anything you can do there would be great. I know time's difficult. I know that it's it's hard being a business owner right now. And if it's something that you're like, I just, I can't justify that expense right now. I completely understand that. That's okay. You don't need to feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm not trying to guilt trip you, but anything you can do would be awesome. You can also do like a one-off thing where you just like support the show uh, like as a one-off thing. So 
you just head over to Kofi and do the same thing. You just don't tick the box essentially. And it, it's just like you shouted me a coffee once and I will still give you a shout out on the show. And I do really appreciate that as well. Or if you're just like, I really can't afford anything right now, maybe sometime in the future, what I would ask you to do is support the show in other ways. So things you can do is you can share an episode with someone who you just go, oh, this would be great for you, for them. Um, sharing an episode and word of mouth kind of, I guess, referrals to the show is like the biggest driver of growth for the show. Um, so think about people who would benefit from this in your network and please consider doing that. The other thing that really, really helps is leaving a positive rating and review on the show. So you can go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash grow your brand. Uh, you can also go to wherever you listen to this and rate it from there. If you've got a rating functionality like on Apple Podcasts and there's a few other ones. Um, and also if you're not yet subscribed and you like this show, make sure you subscribe or follow depending on where you listen to it. Um, all those things actually really, really help to grow the show as well. So if you can't support the show financially, there's some other ways that you can do that. All right, let's get back to the main part of the show. Enjoy. Well, I think, you know, yeah, well, first of all, from a client and customer point of view, people buy people, you know, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they, and particularly in, in our industry, you know, there's things which when pictures are creative and chemistry kind of thing. And you could argue that chemistry is more important than the creative because often when you, you know, in our industry, you know, you pitch a creative idea, you might've been working on it for two weeks kind of thing. So it's very difficult to diagnose a problem within two weeks and get it hundred percent right kind of thing. But if you show your way of working and your employee, you show what it's going to be like to work with you. Um, and that's really comes from your culture clients can understand is like, are they actually the match for me kind of thing? So I think that, you know, your culture permeates out to the type of relationship that you're going to have uh, and what type of clients you want to attract. And I think that that, again, is, you know, moving your, your mindset around that, that, you know, your brand, your culture, your employees um, and what you put out, you know, what are we going to attract back in? And also what are we going to say actually isn't quite right, the right fit for us and for our team and things like that, you know. And ironically, when you say, say, <laughs> ironically, when you politely decline a piece of business or sometimes a relationship, that's when people, it's like that, they, they think you think you're playing hard to get and it becomes, well, why, you know, what's wrong kind of thing. But, you know, it's so important um, to protect your culture and your brand and what you stand for because bringing those things in, you know, can be the wrong, can, can absolutely kill your culture, can kill, you know, employees, complete spirit, you know, but just because of one thing. So I think they are really, really linked um, together. Yeah, I, I really like that way that you kind of – I had someone on the, the show uh, a few weeks ago, Kezia Robinson, who was talking about, you know, during the recession, like – be careful that you don't take on bad clients because that can destroy everything, your morale, like you said. And I mean, it's, I think it also goes the other way as well, right? Like if an employee doesn't seem like they're a good fit or their values don't align with, you know, it actually kind of brings me to my next question. Like in terms of increasing employee uh, advocacy for your brand, mm. Mm. What are some of the practical things you can do, you know, because I was just thinking about like when someone comes into a company, they have, you know, you have a contract, they have certain expectations about 
what they're going to do. They have their job description. So is mm. at, at that point in the onboarding point where you yeah. talk about that? Yeah, I think, yeah, 100%. So um, part of our onboarding, um, I will do like a bit of a culture and sort of value session and, you know, give, um, you know, and, and really talk from the heart of terms of, you know, my experience of, you know, what our company culture is, what they can expect from a management style, um, what they can expect from me as well. So it, it, it starts from there kind of thing. I think also um, practical things that you can do is make sure that there's a buddy within the company. So somebody who's not within their direct team, so that they can got somebody that, you know, on their first week they can go for lunch with somebody that they can ask those really feel really dumb asking the same question kind of thing. Um, we do buddies both within our territory, but also we buddy them up with somebody um, from one of our other offices as well. Um, and that's all about sharing learnings um, because I think that you know, as much as you know, our, our, we have you know set ways of working and processes, but the best way to learn is from each other and the quickest way to learn. And often what we're doing is evolving things, so it's quite it's to be able to say hey you've worked on a campaign like this and being able to facilitate that right from the off that we expect that peer-to-peer um outreach and communication kind of thing um that that's and i think that you know from a culture point of view um getting your like I don't want to be the fun person all the time kind of thing that, you know, it's not up to me to dictate the fun, you know, I'm married with two kids kind of thing. And so as much as I've said, it's not about the ping pong table. There are actually in terms of what type of your activities that you do, um, we hand that over to, you know, the team and we have like a first Thursday initiative where the first Thursday of every month we go and do something fun, but that rotates around the team. So that means that we get to understand, you know, what other people are into. Um, people get to participate and contribute and help to build the culture because I think, you know, culture has always got to be evolving as well. Like, you know, one of the wonderful things that we've noticed with our culture um, through COVID and now when we're doing a bit of hybrid of working from home and in the office is, you know, we're way more connected because we're using our technology better, you know, which is, you know, that's been a lovely sort of silver lining of it. And I think that, you know, that again, that transfer of, sort of um, knowledge between people. I think that's that's really important. And that's also goes for your culture kind of thing as well. Like, you know, that, you know, there's some explicit, probably there's some things that we talk about, which is behaviors, you know, we have values and behaviors. And, it, and I think that that just comes from, you know, you, everybody shows that, you know, in terms of, you know, we expect transparency. We don't like, you know, don't tolerate gossiping kind of thing, you know, and, and if you see that, that that's, that's actually, that that is actually a problem that I'd want to know about. The, the, what sort of uh, came through to me as you were talking, I was just like, you just sound like a really good leader. Like, honestly, like, because I think a lot of people struggle with this stuff, right? Like, because you're, you're linking the, the brand side with the culture side and you're also sort of going, all right, we're all working towards a common goal and it's not I'm, I'm here with you, but also here's all these other people around you and you're now you're part of a community i just think like mm. it's like you're implementing best practices but i think it's also it's quite challenging to see that when there are sort of fires to put out or like i mean the fact that you said oh like for us our technology has been something that's helped us actually bring people uh together where mm. I, I i i've talked to a lot of people who are kind of like you know, this, this has been pulling people apart and, and making mm -hmm. it really difficult, you know? So I really want to ask you sort of like a leadership question, because mm -hmm. I just feel like that that's what we're really talking about the, at the end of the day, you yeah. mentioned before that 
you know, it really is about taking interest in people and sort of being curious about others. But mm-hmm. what would sort of be your, if you're going to give one one sort of piece of advice to other leaders out there who are trying to bring their teams together, who are trying to kind of keep people inspired and keep people motivated, what would you say to them? Listen more than you talk, <laughs> you know, and that's taken me a light, you know, uh, and I still probably talk too much and, you know, fight for you know years ago like I always used to be told that you know you don't need to talk so much in the meetings that you know you don't like you're you're sort of compensating for you know you've earned this place at the table kind of thing so I think as a leader listening more than you're talking and listening and I think that the tricky thing is with digital is some of those non-verbal cues that maybe you could like that like that feeling kind of thing um that you might get oh something's a bit off with that person are they okay kind of thing so I think, you know, listening, um, being super open and, you know, I do pres- prescribe to the Brene Brown thing of being vulnerable. And again, this has taken me um, taken me a long time for me to, you know, I think, you know, a leader can still be strong, but, you know, you know, Jacinda Ardern sort of shows that you can be strong, but still have empathy. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, people in tough times, I think people want strong leadership, but they also want you to be a human and just not be a dick, really. Like, you know, it's pretty pretty simple I don't think I think that's just and just making sure that you are holding people in a space where they trust trust you and trust your decisions and you'll do that by listening to them Mm, yeah that's really really great advice I love that you brought Brene Brown into this conversation I was hoping we would go there I know. And sometimes, you know, so, like sometimes I think, you know, sometimes people can start thinking, oh, that's all a bit yappy clappy. It's not for our organisation. It's like, well, it, it's for everyone, really. If we, we are people, not robots. It doesn't matter if you're in a really technical, you know, industry or like, you know, there's still a human dynamic across that. And that crosses every business has the same thing. You know, people involved in it, if you have people. You know. <laughs> business I'm like yeah but there's still somebody you know like yeah and I think that's you know and I love talking to other business owners or leaders who it's like it's the same shit different day to be honest mm-hmm. so, you know we have like you know we, we have these are universal things you know that you know that the challenges are usually not your product or you know output it's usually the dynamics of people on how you can and I think that you know switching your mindset that it's not all on you as the leader is you know wonderfully liberating when when things aren't going so well that you know actually your employees have great ideas too listen to them <laughs> listen to I love that I, we just got a comment from Floris as well hey Floris uh, Floris Blocker said candor consistent reliable fact-based communications empathy managing hybrid teams flexibility and adaptability and humility and active listening create psychologically safe environments yeah it's so true Floris and actually kind of funny that we we're talking about this that I saw Floris's um post this morning that was talking about like what is leadership going to look like you know after COVID like what are the traits that we're looking for and you mentioned empathy as well there Meredith like I think it's it's sort of been like actually I interviewed um Kenzo Lomofsky a while ago who's a fantastic leader as well and he was like saying this has been sort of a bit of a leveler, you know, in this sense of like there has been this, this, oh, actually, yeah, we're all kind of in this place where things are a bit tough and things are a bit scary and un- uncertain. 
and being a human, it's, it is simple, but it can be hard when we've been conditioned that the workplace, Mm. you know, kind of needs to look a certain way. I I think, you know, you've got to go into work and wear a special hat and that's where that's your work. Right. And then you kind of go home. So we've got to finish up in a minute, but I want to ask you about some like practical things people could do right now. So say, say, Say we're talking to someone who's leading a business. Uh, they're like, well, you know, I haven't necessarily gone through the same sort of onboarding processes, but I've got my team here now and we're trying to kind of get through this and we're trying to keep people inspired. What would be like three things that yeah. someone could do, say, this month to start building what we're talking about here? I think um, one of the things that we did, which I think would be with all the change that's happened and every organisation has been through change, I asked people what did they want to leave behind and what did they want to take forward from the change? Because obviously there's been some quite good things, you know, as a result of the change. And so I think that that really, that listening piece, it gave me a really a view of what was quite important that we could then build on in terms of, okay, our ways of working, this is what's changed and this is what's good about them. So I think that that, that would be the first sort of listening exercise that you could kind of do and make sure that you obviously feed that back and talk about if you're going to implement it, how you're going to implement it, why you might not be or what the decision might kind of be. So I think that, you know, being open to evolving, um, evolving the way that you work and evolving the way and start starting that conversation of like starting to have like a bit more of a two-way sort of dialogue with your employees that it's not just a sort of set, set, set and forget kind of sort of process. Cause I think that, you know, and also, you know, encouraging people to to you know to talk about what's happened kind of thing that you know there's been so much to you know digest for everyone and I think that you know clearly we're having you know issues back in Victoria but I think that you know again it's like you know just sort of checkpoints and like you know we're doing um getting the team to do like a vision boarding exercise for the next six months because it's you know I look at my vision board from January I'm like well that's hilarious because I'm not going to do any of that but you know (laughs) you know and um, my thought is that rather than say goodbye to 2020 um because 2020 has been shut is that you know we just need to refocus what's important to us for the next six months because six months is is quite a long time but it's you know near enough to say that you know let's not make this a write-off kind of thing so I think that again talking about you know things that are important to people personally as well as you know the company kind of thing it starts this relationship between okay if I understand what's important to you personally I might be able to help you deliver on that from a workplace perspective and if I do that they're going to feel cured, listened to, made to feel important, you know, that's, you know, and that that's where you start that advocacy piece and engagement, I'd say. Meredith, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for speaking no, with me. You. If people want to find out more about you and more about the work you're doing, uh, how do they get in touch? They can um, just look me up on LinkedIn, Meredith Cranmer, um, and yeah, you know, or otherwise go to becausexm.com and you can see sort of the work that we do, which covers, you know, creation of, you know, we're doing a lot of employee engagement kind of pieces at the moment, um, you know, all, all different things. So, um, yeah, I'd love to, and if anybody needs, has any specific questions, I'm always, always open to it. Meredith, thanks so much again. I'm sure we'll speak again <laughs> soon, but this is a blast. No worries. Thanks, Lauren. Take care. Bye. Bye, everyone. All right, guys. So that's it from me for this week. The next time I'll be chatting to you, we will be in the new year, in the brand new year of 2021. 
I wish you a safe and healthy and happy new year. I hope you have the opportunity to spend it with the people that you love uh, in a way that is safe and obviously following all the restriction stuff that we have at the moment um, or otherwise have a way to, to connect with people remotely via Zoom or Skype or, you know, all those different platforms that we have, thankfully, to actually be able to still talk to people if we can't physically be there with them. So please, please, please have a safe, healthy and happy new year. And until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go.